Good day, my friends. And yes, it's once again that time. Time for another Black History Moment with Bo. Today, I am proud to say that we are entering our seventh season. And each season contains 20 history lessons about us. And I'm proud of the response that I am receiving from you and the feedback messages I am receiving. That shows me that the little seeds that I'm planting are sprouting. And one leaf of knowledge turns into a branch. And someday, someone will turn that branch into a tree of black history knowledge. And for that, I will be forever thankful. As we slip into darkness today, we must remember what we're calling African history, Negro history, are really the missing pages of world history. Read the history of the people who took you out of history and you will find out why they were so insecure that they had to take you out of history. Why they could not stand for your history to compete with theirs. The White League, also known as the White Man's League, was an American white supremacist paramilitary terrorist organization started in 1874 to turn Republicans out of office and intimidate freedmen from voting and political organizing. Its first chapter in Grand Parish, Louisiana, was made up of many of the Confederate veterans who had participated in the Colfax Massacre in April 1873. Chapters were soon founded in other areas of the state and in New Orleans. During the later years of Reconstruction, it was one of the paramilitary groups described as the military arm of the Democratic Party. Through violence and intimidation, its members reduced Republican voting and contributed to the Democrats taking over control of the Louisiana legislature in 1876. After white Democrats regained control of the state legislature in 1876, members of the white leagues were absorbed into the state militias and the National Guard. The white supremacist paramilitary group took over the state of Louisiana in an escalation of a race war to resist reconstruction and disenfranchise black voters. The White League was the group that took on Louisiana and almost won, and it was a cousin of the Ku Klux Klan. They had organized very quickly into a dangerous and powerful force for white supremacy that forewent masks and hoods. Their 1874 rebellion was the culmination of years of racial and political terror in Louisiana and surrounding states. 
a resistance to reconstruction that northern newspapers like the Cincinnati Gazette saw as the old war in a new shape. The White League's reign of terror over black southerners after the Civil War was often enshrined as various battles and riots for liberty, but stone monuments and revisionist southern traditions obscured an uncomfortable history. The White League led an armed insurrection against their elected government for a single objective, according to their own platform, to reestablish a white man's government. To accomplish this, they would necessarily have to dismiss the votes of newly enfranchised black voters. And this, my friends, is history repeating itself on January the 6th in Washington, D.C. This is part of American history that is not easy to face, but it is reality. It tells us that we had a moment in our history when our politics broke down, our society broke down, our police power broke down. The government wasn't functioning sufficiently enough to protect one group of citizens from another who simply engaged in wanton vigilante violence of the worst kind. New Orleans was a sort of staging area to resist Reconstruction and hold on to the lost cause, particularly because of its unique demographics it attracted a lot of Southern nationalists. And at the same time, you had a highly mobilized black intelligentsia, unlike any other in the country. This community, arguably the most prosperous and cohesive free black community in the country, engaged in a tradition of French republicanism they had an idea of what freedom should look like more than just at the ballot box, but dignity and equal standing in the public square. This black political coalition was responsible for ratifying the most progressive state constitution in the South, the Louisiana Constitution of 1868, which established racial equality in public education and voting rights and stripped away the oppressive black codes. More legislative language without enforcement would prove insufficient to terminate a legacy of racial subordination. This affected white Democrats and freedmen sparred intermittently in post-Civil War Louisiana, but the former mounted a massive escalation in Colfax, a town along the Red River, in 1873, when a white militia rode in and massacred dozens of black Republicans defending their courthouse. Between 70 and 300 casualties, only three of them white. This was the bloodiest single instance of racial carnage in the Reconstruction era. 
and although federal authorities arrested and tried the white militia members, none were convicted. Federal intervention irked white Democrats, and the lack of consequences emboldened them. On April 17, 1874, the Apollosis Journal announced a public meeting under the banner of the White League to unite white voters against the opposed threat that Negro voters would Africanize the state. Other newspapers echoed calls for white political unity, even at the cost of bloodshed. In nearby Alexander, ex-Confederates founded a paper called The Caucasian that stoked white voters' fear of black political dominance in its first issue. The leading political principle of the Negro is his unconquerable hatred of the white race. The Opelousas Courier printed a notice. From this date, the control of the editorial columns of the Courier passes into the hands of the White League. In their public pronouncement, Louisiana's White League mostly declared to be purely political organizations focused on democratic tactics with occasional nods in the possibility of violence. But they did not only advocate for a white man's government, they refused to accept otherwise. News of Louisiana's new undisguised white supremacist militia flurried around the North. The Buffalo Morning Express predicted plainly the White League's movement recently organized in Louisiana by the Democrats means a war of races which shall end in the disenfranchisement of the Negro. The Chicago Tribune claimed the assertion of these leagues that they are peaceful in purpose is daily contradicted. Louisiana was receiving national attention for the race war unfolding there with regular assassinations, massacres, and lynchings. Albert H. Leonard, a Shreveport Times editor, power broker, and prominent white leaker, began calling on his fellow paramilitaries that summer of 1874 to murder Republican political leaders and instill fear in black communities. In Cato Parish, whites murdered 10% of all black men there during Reconstruction. All throughout Louisiana, the White League would ride into town a thousand strong and force local Republican office holders to resign, often murdering them anyway. They believed that uneducated black voters were being swindled by the Republican carpetbaggers from the North. A few of these men were saints, neither were they the stereotypical low-bred soldiers of fortune or opportunists and greedy northern parasites bent on unrelenting exploitation of vulnerable southern communities. 
But you know, most historians agree that the Republican politicians in the South during Reconstruction were no more corrupt than the Democrats who came before and after them. The White League also systematically handed elections to Democratic candidates by silencing and intimidating Republican and Black voters. In nearly every parish in the state, instances of voter intimidation and fraud were documented in a Congressional Committee report, Conditions of Affairs in the South in 1875. In Rapids Parish, the White League forced the opposition candidates from the stand with boy knives and revolvers and would not allow them to address the people. In others, they stole ballot boxes, coerced Republicans from running, and whipped and murdered anyone registering black voters. What gave the White League momentum was the visible, unmistakable retreat from Reconstruction on the part of the federal government and judiciary. In August 1874, members of the White League rode first through Natosha and then into Kashadi in the Red River Parish and disposed and murdered 10 Republicans, four black and six whites, in what was remembered as the Kashata Massacre. The brazen murder of white officials shocked many in the state who hadn't been attuned to the White League's steady takeover of Louisiana. And by this point, they had taken local government by force in much of the state. Confederate General Fred Ogden was the leader of New Orleans' Crescent City White League. After capturing the better part of the state to scarce federal resistance, the White League set its sights on a wholesale siege on the state government in New Orleans. The Battle of September the 14th, later the Battle of Liberty Place, was planned in the cloakrooms of the Pickway and Boston Clubs by New Orleans elites. The well-to-do white leaguers had been organizing their ranks since summer with the promise they would avenge their political misfortunes. On the night of September the 13th, the White League distributed flyers announcing a mass meeting at the Royal and Canal Streets the next day. Thousands showed up to demand Republican Governor William Kellogg's resignation. Around 3 p.m., Ogden led his army of white leaders down Pradas Street. He had around 2,400 White League men, but they were joined by around 8,000 more who had answered a last-minute call for their reinforcements from D.B. Penn, the 1872 Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor who hoped to take power. The White League Army marched to Canal Street, where they were confronted by General Jane Longstreet's integrated militia and the Metropolitan Police and altogether they were only a fraction of the size of the league. 
Unlike most other instances of reconstruction violence, this resembled a formal battle. While Governor Kellogg hid out in the Custom House, a federal property the League would not breach, the city's police force was swiftly defeated. When the size of Ogden's army became clear, the Metropolitan Police and Longstreet's militia scattered and returned to their homes. The next day, it was reported 12 dead from the Citizen Party and 30 dead policemen. So ends Kellogg's regime. The White League declared Penn the acting governor of Louisiana, and he sent a telegram notifying President Grant that evening. It was probably the largest military insurrection that has ever occurred against the government of a state of the United States. Within three days, Penn and the White League surrendered power back to Kellogg as the city came under military occupation by the federal government. The Battle of Liberty Place was probably the most politicized memory of the state's history, and they would use it to galvanize young men to arm and march on the polls. They had these ceremonies every year on September the 14th. It was their Bunker Hill. Romanticized notions of the lost cause of the Confederacy were woven into Mardi Gras celebrations and large statues of Confederate generals were erected. The White League's insurrection would be celebrated annually by Confederate veterans and later on the Klan well into the 20th century, helping to keep alive the myth of New Orleans as a Confederate bastion. The White League, first cousins to the Ku Klux Klan. Why they cannot be found in any of our classroom books is not a mystery, because the true history of American society is something that is not wanted to be known. But it cannot be kept in the darkness forever. And my friends, that music tells me that it's once again time for me to depart. But before I go, I've got to leave you with this message. If you only read the books that everyone else is reading, you can only think what everyone else is thinking. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>